Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 99 of the podcast that was originally recorded on January 13th of 2016. Some of the games I played for the week under the What I'm Playing Now section of the podcast, I played a little Stockpile, which is a great stock game. I played a little Keyflower, which I revisited after being half asleep playing it the first time. I played some Fallout 4, which I might have finished. The Witcher 3, Project Cars, some Dragon Ball Z token battle, as well as Pocket Mortys. I also talked about a few of the games I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are on episode 99. Thanks for joining me this evening. Hey, as always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say. Also, look on Board Game Geek for our guild. Go under the guilds and just look for what I'm playing now. Feel free to join the guild and join in some of the conversation that I'm having over there with people and talking about a few different games that we're playing. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Google Plus is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast and then of course our Twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right let's jump into some of the games I played for this past week and I was actually able to bake it down to my friendly local game store this past Thursday for my normal board game night and we got in a few good games. One of the first games we played was a game that I picked up shortly after Christmas. I think it was after Christmas I got it. I can't even remember right now. I'm pretty sure it was after Christmas. And that's a little game called Stockpile. This is a game that's been on my want to playlist for quite a while now since it's actually been released. And it just seems that my local game store just didn't, wasn't able to get it from their distributor until recently. That's when it seemed like it went out to most people. I believe there was one online store that had it um, during the summer months, but I just never purchased it online. I kind of waited for it to come locally and picked it up. And I'm really glad I did. We played the game on Thursday. We had a full table of five people playing. I believe that's the max number of people that can actually play the game. And everybody actually really enjoyed the game. We used the Advanced Board Expansion as well as the Investors Expansion. And even though it was the first time we played it, of course, everybody in my group said that they wanted to play with everything and not just the basic rules, which always makes me laugh during the first time trying to play something with the group. But I actually think we did pretty good on this game for the first time playing it, as I don't really think we did too, too many things incorrectly for the first time. So basically, the game starts out if you're using the investors, everybody's going to start off with a different, a different amount of money, and that's going to be based on the investor that they actually chose. Like I said, we played with the advanced side of the board, and the main difference it looks like between the advanced side of the board and the normal side of the board or the beginner side of the board is that the stocks can actually go up higher in price they actually can have paid dividends more frequently and they can well i guess they can actually split a lot more frequently too because the line some of the some of the lines just aren't as long as they are on the normal side of the board so it makes it for a really interesting playthrough and i'm, I'm really glad we actually play with the advanced side of the board i was hoping to get in a game of just two people i was hoping to get a game in with my wife and maybe try the actual basic side and just see how that worked out we weren't able to get that done so hopefully i can get that done maybe in the next week or so and then maybe mention how it plays with just two people but i will say with five the game is actually the game moves very quickly and once you learn the rounds 
and basically what all the different phases of a round and what it consists of, and I will start talking about those here now, you can get, get through the game pretty quick. So one of the first phases that you're going to run into and that you're going to go through is the information phase, and that's basically where each player is going to receive a company card and a forecast card, and then the card that the, the card in our group that was left from each of those groupings was basically flipped over and that is a stock is basically public knowledge so the company card is going to list one of the companies that are actually in the game and the forecast card is going to be a card that is going to be either a plus or minus or basically have a dollar sign on it which will then allow that car that company to pay a dividend which can be very nice if you were able to pick up some stock in the in that company in an earlier round so once everybody has their cards, the next phase is going to be the supply phase. And what's going to happen is you're going to take the market deck and you're basically going to take one card from the market deck and place it face up on each stockpile. And you're going to put one, there's calculators on the bottom of the board, and you're going to put one card under each calculator based on the number of players. So we had five players. We put one card under each of the calculators in which there are five of on the bottom of the board. After that, each player then will get dealt two market cards and they will then get to place those in turn order, starting with the first player. They will place one of those cards face up under a calculator in a stockpile, and then one card face down under one of the calculators in a stockpile. So basically what you're doing in this in this supply phase is you're kind of like building almost a mini stock market in which that during the next phase, people will then get to bid on those different stockpiles there are going to be some cards that everybody gets to see and there's going to be cards that are face down which people don't know what's there so there are not only stock cards let's say in these piles but there are also cards that will actually hurt somebody who takes them in that they may have to basically pay an additional cost for basically taking that stockpile so you really have to watch what's being played face up and face down. And even though something may look really good and have a lot of good cards and it's a stock that, you know, you may have information on that's going up. Other people may not have that information and they could be putting cards there that could be hindering you if you take that pile. So you really have to watch when you get into that next phase, which is the demand phase. And during that phase, basically you have what each player has one worker, kind of like a little meeple we can say. And what you're going to do is you're going to place it on one of the calculators on one of the dollar amounts there and everybody just starts bidding you can be outbid if you are outbid on a particular stockpile you will remove your worker and it comes back to you once the turn gets back to you once the turn order gets back to you you can then replace your worker on a higher amount on that same stockpile that maybe somebody just outbid you on or you can just move on to a different stockpile so sometimes it's good to just start out just kind of start trying to run up some of the stock prices on some of the stockpiles, especially if you notice there's some good cards there, because you could possibly always then get a later stockpile for free as there is a square on each calculator that is basically zero. So that's kind of where you have to kind of balance out how much time and how much effort do you want to spend in to possibly getting a stockpile that could have some good cards and some possible negative cards based on how many cards there and how many are face up and face down. But this phase for us, most of the time, I think during the first during the first round, we were all kind of just a little standoffish and we, we weren't really attacking each other. And we kind of all went to different calculators. But then by the second round, everybody started bidding and every, everybody started outbidding each other. And some people were going right to the 25,000, which means that they instantly were able to obtain that stockpile and nobody else was able to outbid them. So it, it, it can get pretty crazy, especially once you get a couple of rounds in, once, some, once people get some money under their belts from going through the rounds and from selling some of the stocks and bidding can jump up very quickly in the game. And it's very very 
it's a it's a very easy way to just basically get a lot of good cards. So that was the demand phase. The next phase is going to be the action phase. And basically during the action phase, any action cards that you got that were in a stockpile during the demand phase will need to be played immediately. And then you have the selling phase. During the selling phase, you can basically take any of the stocks that you currently own and you can sell them back to the bank or and basically the cards go into the discard pile. You can basically sell those cards for the current current market price. If you have a stock that is actually split, which we'll talk about here in a second, you actually get double that. So once a stock actually goes up during the movement phase, which is the actual next phase after the selling phase, and that's basically where during the movement phase, players are going to reveal the cards that they were dealt out during that information phase, and they will basically say, this company stock is going to go up or down, or it's going to pay the dividend, like I said. And basically the dividend is $2 signs, and basically that will pay, you'll get $2,000 for each stock that you own in that particular company when it pays a dividend. So during the movement phase is when you're gonna be moving the stocks up or down and each player has their own little board and on the board it actually tells you the different cards that are dealt out in in those um, in that information phase that are the forecast cards and it actually tells you there's like a plus four a plus three a plus two a plus one there's like a negative two negative one and then there's the dividend so it tells you all the different all of the different cards that can actually be kind of flipped over during that movement phase when you're revealing the company cards and the forecast cards. So once a stock reaches the end of the board is when it will basically split. You will move the token for that then back to the solid circle, I believe it is, which is basically usually around the number five or six um, when you're playing on that advanced board. And once a stock splits, anybody that actually has that stock on the left side of their board, they will then get to move those stocks over to the right side of the board, which is basically has a nice times two on there. And they are basically then worth double. So we had one guy playing the game and he was able to get a couple of different stock splits from one of the stocks. And, and I will say that his, his, um, his stock split pile was was quite large, which which lets you have a nice big bank at the end of the game. So after that movement phase where you're basically shuffling around all of the different stock prices amongst all the different companies, you'll then basically get to the end of the round. And at the end of the round, what's going to happen is you're basically going to take the turn marker, which is at the top of the board, and the amount of turns that you actually have during this game are going to be decided on the number of players that are actually playing the game. You're gonna move that to the right, so it's going to go down one, and then you're going to hand the first player token to the person on their right, or to the left, I mean, and then you will basically go through all of those phases again. So as you can see, there's there are quite a few different phases in the game, but they actually go through very quickly. Pretty much about as quickly as I explained them is after we got through it once, we just started knocking out the phases very quickly. So I think the game probably took us about 45 minutes to play, maybe a little bit longer once I kind of went through some of the explanations of the game because nobody else had played this and it was truthfully my first time playing too. So we were basically going off of the rule summary and just following that. And the game's actually very easy to pick up on. The rules explain everything very well. We really didn't have too, too many confusions with anything. Once we pretty much learned the different prices of how much money you got for a stock split, what happened when a stock paid dividends. So once you kind of learn some of the different 
the different monetary values of things, it actually makes the game that much faster. So at the end of the game, what's going to happen is everybody's going to sit there and you're going to go through the different stocks. We basically went down the board in order. Any The person who has the majority share of a particular stock in a company, they will get an additional $10,000 for being the majority shareholder of that company. If there is a tie, basically the two players will split $5,000. And if there is a three-way tie, everybody gets 5000 So it seems like you actually just split the... Everybody gets 5000 whether it's two or more. At the end, after that, you will then look at all of the stocks you have, sell them for the current market price. Everybody tallies up their money, and whoever has the most money wins. And that is pretty much a quick rundown of Stockpile and how to play. Like I said, my group really enjoyed it. At the end, everybody said that, hey, you know what? We definitely want to see this at the table again, so I'm going to bring it with me again this week, and we'll see if we can actually get it to the table again tomorrow, since I'll be heading down to my local game store tomorrow and hopefully get in some more good games, but we'll see if Stockpile will be one of them. But if you haven't had a chance to play Stockpile, definitely check it out. I will say, I kind of wanted to pick up Stockpile and add it to my collection, as I really don't have a true stock game in my collection i had heard that this one was one of the better ones out there and i can say after playing it that it is a very very good stock game definitely give it a shot if you're interested in a game like this it's easy enough that a that a family could even enjoy it so it's not something that's a big brain burner like i said the rounds will go very fast once you learn them and it's actually a very good game and one i would really recommend so the second game we played during my gaming week last week was a little game called keyflower and i know i talked about keyflower once before on the podcast but I'm going to go into another discussion on it as the last time I had played it was during the Extra Life 24-hour game marathon down at my local game store. And I know I was kind of half asleep when I played it, so I don't think I remembered the rules and remembered everything as well as I wanted to. But after playing it this last Thursday, I have much much better understanding of the game and i was really happy to see when one of the guys basically wanted to revisit it during board game night last week so we played with four players and i have to say that i really enjoy keyflower and this time i like i said i wasn't half asleep so i know it's a good game there is a lot to think about though during this game because there are so many different mechanics that come together to kind of make this game the whole that it is so basically Keyflower is played through seasons and what's going to happen is you're going to start off in the spring. Each player is going to start off with a home tile that you can then add to in subsequent seasons by bidding on tiles that are basically in the center of the board that are drawn randomly for that season. Each player is going to start out with eight workers and the bidding part for the game during this out during this auction phase is really interesting as there are different colored workers that everyone has. And to keep this auction interesting, once someone puts a particular color worker on a tile for a bid, only that colored worker can be used to outbid that opponent. So you really have to not only manage your workers here, but you also have to pay attention to what other color workers your opponents are using. And if you really want that tile that's out on the board, try to pick a color to bid with that maybe can't be outbid on. It adds an extra level of strategy and a nice little bit of stress to see if you are ever going to be outbid on that one tile that you really, really want during that auction phase. During this phase, you can also place workers on various tiles of either your own or your opponent's to obtain resources, additional workers, or skills that can be used to then upgrade your tiles. So when you upgrade a tile, you're basically flipping that tile over and you're getting the greater benefit of the tile and hopefully some victory points for the end game, which is basically what everybody's working for. You're at the end of the game, everybody starts calculating how many victory points they have based on all their tiles and everything that they were able to do, and that is the actual goal of the game. 
But before we get to the end of the game, there are also some boat tiles that you can bid on during this auction phase, which can contain additional workers and possibly a few skill tokens. So you really want to balance your workers amongst the different strategies that you can think of to really kind of come up with a good strategy for the game. The one difference once you reach the winter season in regards to the boats is that there's no new workers showing up, but you can still obtain some very nice bonuses during that last round. So during the winter season, everyone is given three tiles that they can choose to add between one to three of those tiles to the center of the board for all players to bid on. If you see someone collecting, let's say, a lot of skill tokens during the game or, or they're actually having a lot of workers behind their in their house, behind their board, you may not want to play that tile. If you have it, that may give them a bonus for having additional points that they could get for having multiple groups of skills or basically having multiple groups of workers. So there's tiles for workers as well in regard to other tiles that can really help bump up your score in that last round. And it can be a lot of fun to try to just get through that whole strategy. So during the phase after the auction phase, you're going to basically obtain any tile that you actually won. And then you'll get to add that to your to that initial home tile that you start off with and you can then start building out like a little colony i guess you could say you'll have there's one part of the tile that can actually be a river tile that you can add your boats to and then there's other tiles that you can connect roads to and you'll get various bonuses as to how many different roads you can finish connecting and there's just a, the scoring at the end of the game was probably the most confusing part for me and i'd probably have to play it one more time to really get the scoring down to be able to talk about it really well but i will say the other guys helped out with the scoring and my score was actually pretty good it wasn't that bad i started out with a strategy of trying to get a couple of resources where i was able to get some skills right off the bat and flip over the cards and have um, a lot of victory points right on those tiles there but then i wasn't able to get any of the skills later on to be able to get resources off those tiles and other people started using them for resources and i kind of just fell behind so it turned into another game for me where the worker placement game i started out really strong mid game I think I kind of fumbled a little bit and then towards the end I started coming back, but it just wasn't enough to pull out the win, but I still had a great time playing Keyflower, a really good game. I'm glad I was actually awake to play this one and remember a little bit more and talk about it. So if you haven't had a chance to play Keyflower, definitely check it out and give that one a look. All right, let's jump over to a couple of video games that I was able to play this past week. So I was finally able to revisit Fallout 4 and actually finish it like I've been talking about for the past several weeks. I believe I actually finished it with about 102 hours into the game. I actually sided with the Institute. So if you are playing Fallout 4 and you don't want to hear any spoilers, jump ahead to the next section, which would be me talking about The Witcher 3, um, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I'm going to talk a little bit about Fallout 4 and possibly give away some spoilers. So like I had, like I said, jump ahead if you would like. I do put the times in here for people to be able to do that. Fallout 4, I will say, after 102 hours with the game, I really enjoyed my time with Fallout. Like I've said before, it was my first Fallout game that I actually played. I will say that once I got into the Institute, I thought the story kind of just started falling apart for me. And then the ending where basically your father is dying, or not your father, your son is dying, and everybody is calling him father, and you are basically then going to take over running of the Institute. I kind of just thought that the whole storyline just really fell apart for me right there. Once I had to start making those decisions to go against the Brotherhood of Steel, to go against the railroad, and just go out and kind of just start mass annihilating all of these different groups. 
just for the betterment of the institution. I just wasn't really pleased with that part of the storyline. I mean, once it got to that, I was like, eh, I really didn't want to have to make those decisions. And I know that that was probably why they put those in the games to really try to make you think and make you choose who you wanted to go with. And I kind of just stuck with the Institute because I kind of wanted to see where it was going to go with the storyline. And I guess you taking over the Institute is, is an interesting way and an interesting turnaround from the beginning of the game where the Institute is kind of like the ones that kept you on ice for all those years. And, and your son is actually the one who actually releases you. It's, it was an interesting concept, interesting game. I'm not too sure if I'll go back to it. We'll have to see what the actual DLC when any of that comes out, how it actually is and what people are saying about it. But I think right now my time with Fallout 4, like I said, after 100 plus hours into it, it's definitely gotten my money out of the game. I really enjoyed probably the first 90 some hours of it. And then those last maybe 10 to 15, I was just kind of struggling through, I think because I had just played the game so much. So maybe if I let the game sit for about a month or so and maybe revisit it, I'll start doing some more of the side quests and see what else can be done in the game after you finish that main storyline. But I kind of just plowed through the, the last couple of scenarios and last couple of missions that you had so I could just kind of get to the ending and be able to say that I did finish it and I'm kind of glad I did it was a good game all right so then let's jump over to The Witcher 3 which is something I, I actually started playing and I probably spent all day Saturday with Saturday with this game maybe a good eight to nine hours and so far I'm really enjoying the The Witcher 3 this is the I had played a little bit of maybe the first Witcher and a little bit of the second Witcher which I had gotten on the Steam sale a long time ago and I'm talking maybe about an hour with each game I really didn't spend too much time with either of the games to be able to talk about them too much on the podcast so I jumped into the Witcher 3 because I, I knew it was on a lot of people's game of the year list and it was one that was being talked about highly um, I even know some of the people that I play board games with were telling me that it was an outstanding game and one that I needed to play so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to push through Fallout so I could just say okay I finished Fallout let's jump over to The Witcher 3. The graphics on Witcher 3 are amazing. I think my biggest hurdle right now with The Witcher 3 is the combat. The combat in the game is really reminiscent of the Batman games as well as one of the games I recently played Mad Max in that it's the combat tries to flow and go between different opponents when you were when you have multiple opponents and you're fighting them. I will say though I think the timing is a little off as as opposed to Mad Max, where I felt like I was able to block a lot of punches and maybe maybe one out of every five punch would actually get through by an opponent. In The Witcher 3, I think I'm only able to block one of five and pretty much four of the five are getting through. So I was actually starting off playing the game with the keyboard and mouse. I actually switched to uh, Xbox 360 controller last night and it made the combat a little bit more, I don't want to say easier, but it actually made the combat just feel a little better. But even using the controller, it's still just not as tight as the Batman games, which is a little disappointing as I want to spend a lot of time with this game and I'm hoping that I can just figure out what I'm possibly doing wrong with the combat or how I can get the timing down to actually block some of the attacks so I'm not having to sit there and basically meditate after a combat to actually heal myself back up. So I will say the time I've spent with The Witcher, I've really enjoyed so far. Like I said, the graphics are great. The storyline seems very interesting so far. I'm really getting into the characters. I've actually played a couple of 
card games. There's an in-game card game called Gwent where you can actually collect cards. You can purchase cards from various vendors within the game and actually play this this game, which is it's an actually interesting little card game, I will say. Um, I'm not that good at it yet as I've only played, I think, two games of it. And I think I really need to sit down and kind of tweak my deck a little bit to be a little bit more efficient. But so far, I'm really enjoying my time with The Witcher and I, I kind of can't wait to spend a little bit more time with it. I also played a little bit more of Project Cars, I will say, still enjoying my time with that. I've only played one or two races in the past week as I was really busy with Fallout 4 and The Witcher 3, so I didn't get to race as much as I kind of wanted to. So I really won't be able to talk about Project Cars that much, but I'm still enjoying that one. My guilty pleasure I've been talking about for the past couple of weeks, the Dragon Ball Z Dokken Battle. I've still been playing that at least once a night, but we will see if that's actually going to be getting replaced by Pocket Mortys, which just came out today on Android, and this is basically the Rick and Morty game. I've played it this evening once I got home from work, and it's almost like Pokemon, I will say. And I've never been a Pokemon player, as Pokemon pretty much was out after I was a little bit too old for that game. And I think during the time Pokemon was out, I was still pretty heavy into Magic the Gathering at the time, so I really wasn't interested in collecting Pokemon. But basically the game is Rick and Morty are walking around, you're trying to defeat other Ricks who are controlling Mortys, and basically you're pitting Morty against Morty. And the interesting part of the combat is, you want to try to see what type of Morty you're fighting against, as there is a whole rock-paper-scissor um, component to the game in that different Mortys are different is, e is either a rock, paper, or scissor. So you want to put someone, like, against a scissor, you'd want to put a rock, as that is what defeats the scissor. So it is usually a little bit better to have somebody who's going to be stronger against that type of opponent. So it's it's an interesting game. There are some in-app purchases you can make right now, from what I can tell. I haven't done any of those yet. I may maybe spend 99 cents or a couple of dollars just to see what it is that you can obtain from some of the different random machines in the world and what they'll kick out. But but I have not done that yet, and we'll see if I do do that. But those are the games I played for the week. Let's jump over to a couple of the games that I want to play now. So one of the games I actually, besides playing a lot of games this week, I was trying to read through the rules for Mule the Board Game. This is a game I had talked about before. My game store had actually gotten it in for me a week or so ago. I was able to pick it up last Thursday while I was there. I came home, and over the weekend, I punched out the game board. I sleeved all the cards. I read through the rules over the course of a couple of days, and I think I have an idea of how to play the game, so I'm going to take it with me down to board game night tomorrow and actually see if we can get this one to the table, and hopefully it won't be too, too confusing as this one is is I have a feeling going to be a little heavier than stockpile in teaching that one. So I'm going to try to maybe skim through the rules again tonight and see if I can get through the rules one more time. And then maybe we can get that one played and I'll be talking about that one next week. And then of course, another game I have on order at my local game store and one that I've seen is coming in stock at a lot of online game stores is A Study in Emerald. This looks like a very interesting game. I've also mentioned this one once before, so I'm hoping that maybe my game store gets this one in in the next couple of days. I can maybe pick this one up this weekend as I will be hopefully heading down to the game store for Pathfinder Adventure Card Night or Day on Thursday or Sunday. So hopefully this weekend between Thursday and Sunday, I will be able to get a lot of gaming in. So that's it. Those are the games I played and those are the games I want to play for the week. Hey, thanks for joining me, everybody. Let me know what you're playing now, especially if you played any of the games I talked about during this episode. Send me some emails. Send them to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G on Facebook. Do a search for what I'm playing now. You can look for our guild on Board Game Geek. 
just do this just look for what i'm playing now under the guild section and feel free to join the guild and start having a conversation there our google plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what i'm playing now podcast and then of course our twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what i'm playing now hey everybody thanks for joining me for another episode next week is episode 100 i do have a couple of ideas of a couple of things i want to try to do and hopefully i'm going to be able to pull them off and it won't just be another episode of just me so we'll leave that as a little teaser Everybody go play some games, and then don't forget to let me know what you're playing now. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye.